Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, Jad Chambers, man in that IHOP hotline for us, producing the show, the IHOP hotline uh, at 869-1240. You can try IHOP's new slow-braised beef pot roast or a savory country fried steak. Uh, Tommy, if you put pot roast in a bowl, is that a, is that a stew or is that a meal? Uh, is it primarily liquid? I've never had a pot roast that's primarily liquid. There's so. a lot of liquid in pot roast. There's liquid in pot roast. I mean, you can dip like as a gravy, or you can dip it yeah. in that. But you, so I, if I put all of that in a bowl, and it's you know got some liquid in, is that a, is that a stew or is that a meal? But why would you do that? That's not how you eat pot roast. You put so pot you roast put on it on a plate, plate, and it's different with vegetables. Thing. It's got the vegetables in there. It's a pot roast. Yeah, but you, they're they're separate, right? Like you've got the no, pot roast on what? one side of the no. plate. You've got the carrots and then the it's not a and, no. Then it's not a pot roast. Then it's then it's then roast with carrots it, and potatoes. A pot roast the, means it's, it's all in a pot. Thing. It's in a right, pot. But, but then you remove it from the pot. You put it on a plate. You eat it for your dinner. issue it's not a stew. with this. We're revisiting a past conversation. So sorry for those who don't know what we're talking about. Tommy doesn't think any sort of super stew can be a meal. But your issue, I'm learning, has nothing to do with the food. It's whether or not it's mixed together. We've got to get you some help and to go see and talk to somebody about this phobia you have of your foods mixing together. I think that's where this all stems from. I think it's a contributing factor, but I, I still stand by my belief that you can you can enjoy soup. You can enjoy stew. I do at times enjoy that but not as my primary meal. It's a good side. It's a good starter, but it's not my actual meal. Uh, can I get a side of pot roast, please? But pot roast isn't a soup. Pot roast is a is a. Can meal. I get a pot side of a... chili? Like, no. Yeah, chili is the meal. wrong with that. Give me a cup of chili on the side, and I'll be a happy camper. And then I'll want to uh, know where my actual main dish is. Uh, you're, you're nuts. Eight six nine twelve forty is the number. Uh, let's do let's let's give away at the beginning. Let's just mix it up a little bit at the beginning of a segment here. Let's give away some HTO. Uh, by the way, the new mix of the month is out today, November first. It's blueberry muffin, Tommy. Blueberry muffin. 
uh, okay. which is half of the Texas chai and sweet blueberry green. So I think people will probably love this one. Uh, but you can get your hands. We'll do. Uh, let's do a free iced tea card. You can go in and try the blueberry muffin. Uh, if you're in uh, Derby or at the Wichita East or West location, that'll work for you. If you're in Derby or the East location, we'll uh, also give you a coffee card here, a brew house card, which means you could get that blueberry muffin as a latte. Uh, you could also try any of the other brew house options. Uh, you can do that. First caller right now. We'll do it at the beginning of a segment. Keep people on their toes. 869-1240 on the IHOP hotline. Jad will get us a winner. A brew house and an iced tea from HTO on us here at Sports Daily. Uh, Tommy, let's let's begin to – well, first, we didn't do this yesterday, so let's let's touch on Naquan Tomlin. So Naquan Tomlin was arrested over the weekend, got in a bar fight apparently. Um, then he is suspended indefinitely by Jerome Tang. Now, you remember last week, Fitz, our K-State insider, kind of hinted at the fact that it's been weird with Tomlin this offseason anyway. Wasn't in any social media videos, and then all of a sudden at Media Day, everything seems like it's okay. Then we get this fight. Now he's suspended indefinitely. Jerome Tang clearly has a high standard there and wants you know his characters to live up to that standard. I honestly appreciate that. I think it's awesome to do that, and I hope that it's the best thing for Naquan Tomlin. What I think I'm learning versus my initial reaction is this isn't this is a, it seems like a temporary suspension as long as you know Tomlin does the things he needs to do that he'll be welcomed back. Who knows when? Maybe in a, maybe even in a couple of weeks. I know they're not putting a timetable on it. When I initially saw that, uh, what when did that come down initially? The suspension Monday night. Monday, I when believe. I, when I initially saw that. I was like, oh, my God, they kicked Tomlin off the team. But that's not what happened, and that's not the situation. So for K-State basketball this season, which I think they play their exhibition game tonight, like it's it, that is a sigh of relief to some degree, and now it is. Like, let's see if Tang can get Tomlin on the right track here and get his, you know, get things turned around and back on the, back on the right path, and I hope that happens because Tomlin's going to be a big part of what they do, I think, if they're ultimately very successful this year. They're going to need him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is something that is really important for the Wildcats to get figured out with Tomlin and, you know, see if there is a path forward for him on the team. And, and it sounds like there might be, um, you know, it sounds like there might be a situation where, you know, they're able to come together and make this work, but you don't want this to drag on into the season and become a distraction. So you've got you've got a little bit of a luxury of the fact that, like, the regular season hasn't started yet, so you've got a little bit of time to get this figured out with Tomlin. Um, but it, I think it is really important because, you know, one thing we've talked about throughout the course of the offseason is all of the players that Jerome Tang has lost, you know, like Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel and all of that, uh, you know, Tomlin was one of the few remaining pieces from yeah. the deep postseason run a year ago and so you want to have that experience on the team you want that continuity you know he was the guy that started the majority of the games for the Wildcats a year ago and when you're going to be relying on newcomers like Tyler Perry and Arthur Kaluma and others on this roster you'd like to have somebody who knows the system and has been there before under Jerome Tang and so if you can get that worked out with him and I'm not saying they rush him back I mean obviously Jerome Tang has standards that he feels like his players need to abide by and, and live up to. I think he's you've trying to make sure Tomlin, honestly, you've got to make sure that, you know, that he does those things to where you feel comfortable with him returning to the program. But um, man, I think from a basketball point of view, uh, you absolutely, absolutely need uh, Tomlin to be able to, to play and be productive. 
as kind of that returning piece of what they did a year ago. I do believe it's genuine that Tang right now wants the best for Naquan Tomlin and wants him to get this turned around. It's part of the reason I think we like Jerome Tang. But yeah, Naquan Tomlin, not just the consistency, Tommy, his ceiling and upside is tremendous. Remember, this guy that's, you know, we're just scratching the surface most likely on the type of player he is because he came to it late. But And he uh, had an so, incredible postseason run last year yeah. through the tournament. Yep. I mean, scored in double figures in all of the Wildcats uh, tournament games. I mean, he was, we really saw him on display as the Wildcats made that run to the Elite Eight. Yeah, it'll be, it, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. I, I suspect and sort of hope that it's short-lived because Tomlin does make a statement and say, all right, I'm, I'm, we're, we're good now. Um, IHOP hotline is, is, do we still have Monty, Jad? Let's, let's go to Monty, who, by the way, is our winner of the HTO giveaway. Congratulations, Monty, on the win there. But you also had uh, a comment on the pot roast soup jab I took at Tommy there. What's on your mind, Monty? Well, uh, I, I think Tommy's crazy. Uh, I follow you guys on Twitter. <laughs> uh, my handle is Jimmy5, and I've posted pictures of my wife's soups to Tommy. Yeah, I, got, I remember that. Yeah. That, they are a meal. Uh, you get a big hunk of bread and a good soup or a stew, that's a meal. It's not an appetizer. I, Monty, I agree. I, I told you. I told you on Twitter I'd be more than happy to, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if there's an invite to uh, to try some of that, I'd be more than happy to. And maybe once I actually try that, maybe, you know, maybe my mind will be changed. But right now I'm, I'm, I'm steady on the, my thought that the soup is not a meal. Okay, okay. Also, that I what what you sent was Jerome the perfect Tang. example. Say that again, Monty. I, I do have a comment on Jerome Tang. Um, okay, let's hear. I've it. been to been to a couple of K State football games this year, and uh, out tailgating, he'll he'll swing up in a golf cart and get out and mingle with the fans. And to me, that's just fantastic. Uh, it is. He is a good dude and a good coach. I agree. I agree with both of those things. I think, and honestly, sometimes you can't be both. But if you can be, it means everything. And I I think a big part of the reason for his success is legitimately the fact that he is a good dude and, and trying so hard to do those things that are important to fans and are important to the culture of a program. I mean, we... It was contagious in the tournament. That's when everybody got to see it across the country. But we'd been yeah. seeing stuff like that all year long. Yeah, he engages the fans and he cares about his players. Caring about your player, we appreciate the call, Monty. Enjoy, uh, enjoy a nice big bowl of soup tonight. Uh, enjoy the HTO win, and uh, and we appreciate the social media interaction too. Buddies. Look, I I think Tank. Look, when it's genuine, Tommy. And it's not always genuine, but man, when it is, and you've got a coach that is that locked in, and it comes in different ways too, right? Like it's not always as, I don't, bubbly is not a good adjective because it's not always as optimistic, right? And cheerful, I think as, as Jerome Tang is, it can, you know, it can come in other places, but man, he is locked in. And it and it does help to know that it's not fake. Like when he says that he needs Naquan Tomlin to do some different things. To, like I I believe I believe it. Like I think he really does want the best for Naquan Tomlin, the person. Before he's too concerned with Naquan Tomlin, the basketball player, and 
I'm just like as a parent, if I had a kid that was going to play like any like that stuff matters. Like he's going to help young people be better professionals, be better adults. Like, can't we all walk through life with a little of Jerome Tang's, you know, you, you know, ideas and like it, it, he just it's such a perfect fit. And I hope he stays there forever. How many times have we seen, even just in college basketball by itself, seen players that have gotten themselves in trouble, um, whether it's legal trouble or moral trouble or whatever it is, and you've had coaches that have come out and have, you know, suspended players or whatever, but, you know, you think, okay, well, it's, that's really not genuine. Like, they're doing it because they were told they had to. You know, the compliance people with the school or – the NCAA or whatever it is like that. They're the ones that are making this decision. And, you know, we know, we know the coaches themselves aren't, you know, particularly high up on that moral ladder, you know? And so like, they're probably not the ones that are actually making that call. I wholeheartedly believe that Jerome Tang was the final one that said, no, this is what we're doing. And it might hurt our team. We might not, we might not have Naquan Tomlin with what he does on the basketball court, but this is the right thing. Uh, for him to do as a you know as a person to get the help that he needs in, in this kind of situation um, it, it happens all the time I mean I can think and I don't want to like throw a bunch of coaches under the bus but I in my head I'm thinking of a handful of coaches that I know uh, don't have a big time moral compass right and they don't particularly care what their players are doing off the court they want them to win they want to win they want them to produce that's what it's all about and it's a little bit different for Jerome Tang. Yeah, he wants the program to have a ton of success, and he wants to win, and he wants the production and all of that. Uh, but, man, I, I do think it is absolutely genuine, the concern and the care that he has, not only for his own players, but, man, like I've heard stories of just people on campus, like other students that are just there in Manhattan that Jerome Tang has helped and reached out to. And, like, it is absolutely genuine. And, and um it, it certainly is a revelation in today's world uh, of, you know, seeing a college basketball coach act in that way. I mean, like, imagine the days of guys like Bobby Knight and then you have Jerome Tang, right? Like, you couldn't get any more different. Yeah, and, and a temper aside, I don't know if Bobby Knight, what he was like with his I, – I don't know that. I mean, I know he had a hot temper, right? But it, it – and it, look, it's okay that it comes in different ways. And because wins are ultimately what they're paid to do, but man, it's what what is that? We we hear the term all the time, like servant leader, right? So Jerome Tang is, and it's better when you get it that way. That's what I mean. Like you can get it lots of different ways. You can win games lots of different ways, and none of this matters if Jerome Tang is not winning games, right? And doing those things. But it's so awesome when you can get both. And you know, he's given out his cell phone number to students. He's he comes to the tailgate, as Monty just mentioned, and just hangs out with people. It's just like it probably I, – I, I get it, right? Like a genuine appreciation. Like, man, I'm so blessed to have this job. I want to just make this the best thing I can make it, and it's cool. I love it, and I hope he has success, and I hope the best for Naquan Tomlin too. But they get an exhibition. We'll get a first look at them. Uh, excited to see them. They're – you know, I think we sort of have – well, for KU, it's they, – their their expectation is to be the best team in the country. K-State, I don't think we know as much. Like, I don't know. In a in a really difficult and tough Big 12, it's like, where where, where should expectations lie? Like, what's the responsible expectation? Not within the program. Of course, within the program, they want to win the Big 12. But from the outside, it, I think it's probably, like, top half. Maybe it's a little higher than that. I'm not sure what it should be. I don't have a good 
gauge of what I think needs to happen for it to be a successful year at K-State. Certainly, they need to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's that's where you start. And I think as long as they do that, everything is going to be probably fine. But it could be higher, and I suppose it could be lower. I think a lot of it, honestly, comes down to will Tyler Perry be as advertised? Uh, I mean, there are a lot of folks that are projecting him as one of the best point guards in America coming into this season, right? And and maybe not even um, best in America, but at least best transfers uh, coming into a new team. And so I think that some of that is going to be like, that's one area where I think that the expectations are that he's going to come in and be a game changer immediately for the Wildcats. He's going to do things differently than Marquise Noel did when Marquise Noel was the ball handler for the Wildcats. I'm not sure that Tyler Perry is the kind of player that's going to put up a ton of threes what, you know, while carrying the ball up the court like Mark, uh, like Marquise Noel did. I'm not sure that that's really Tyler Perry's game. But, you know, again, like he is being advertised as one of the better point guards in America this season. Is that going to be legitimate? Is that the case? I think we'll find out on that. And then, of course, Arthur Kaluma coming in from Creighton. We saw what he did over the course of his career there. Can that translate into Jerome Tang's uh, system? Those two guys are going to be, I think, the key cogs for how far this team goes. And we just don't know because their transfers coming in, and we don't know how quickly it's going to be for them to get acclimated to the system. Uh, meanwhile, they are getting a visit from Patrick Ngamba, who is, I believe, a five-star, one of the top recruits in the country. Um, he is at K-State, I think, right now, or was yesterday. Uh, but that's a, you know, so it, it comes from a lot of different directions. And K-State's class coming in this year is one of the best they've ever had of young players. So it, it, it's coming for K-State, I think. And remember, I mean, Jerome remember when, when Jerome Tang got hired, I mean, all the conversation at the time was wait until year number two. You know, wait until right. the class oh, yeah, is yeah, coming yeah. in with your and now we're getting into year number two. Uh, of course, they exceeded all expectations last year. So, I mean, this was the year that everybody had kind of like penciled in as, OK, we'll see what this program can do in year number two of the Jerome Tang era. And it's almost because Perry and Kaluma are such high profile transfers. It's almost and it, at least it has been for me. We forget that they probably have some pretty big expectations for the young players coming in, too. And right. so. We'll see. I, I, they're as interesting a team, I think, as there is in the country because the difference in their floor and ceiling right now seems like it could be so massive that who knows. And, and I say that, for, for example, K-State's ceiling and floor are pretty close, right? They're both very high. Wichita State's not quite the range of outcomes possible, we don't think, as K-State because I don't think anybody's saying, oh, Wichita State's going to come in and win the AAC this year. I mean, maybe they do. I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I hope they do. But I think as far as like we, us going in, those are probably closer together. For K-State, I mean, the outcomes are top to bottom, right? Like it, it could be all over the place. And, and so these early season games will be a good indicator. 869-1240 is the number on the IHOP hotline. Give us a call. We're pretty open the rest of the way here. Uh, we'll continue to navigate it. Well, let's look ahead to some of the weekend's football, the Germany trip, Clark Hunt talking yesterday. Uh, Arrowhead news, some interesting little news and nuggets to pull out of that. We'll do that and begin to look at these college football weekends as well on Sports Daily on this Wednesday edition.
right, welcome back, everybody, to Sports Daily. All broadcaster here on this Wednesday edition. Glad to be here with you. Uh, Let's talk a little college football, Tommy. We've got two massive road contests this weekend against teams. All, All the teams are in the top half of the Big 12. All of them think they have a shot at a Big 12 championship. Just tremendous opportunities for both K-State and KU. What a what an amazing time to have them both so good and so in the mix. Like, these Saturdays are wild and crazy, and these are high, high-profile games we're talking about this weekend. Yeah, they are. And I mean, I feel like, uh, of course, Kansas State and Texas, I mean, that's the premier matchup out of all of them, right? Like, that's the one that has the major ramifications with it. But then again, I mean, you know, the Jayhawks going to Ames and playing Iowa State at night after dark, where the Jayhawks, if they went out, can play for a Big 12 championship. There are a lot of stakes in that game, too. Uh, The eyes of the nation are going to be on the Wildcats and the Longhorns this weekend. We all know that. But, man, you're right. Both games have, you know, an incredibly big feel to them this weekend with really big time uh, I think ramifications on on both games. So we look at it. I, I think this weekend we'll start with K State, and we'll talk to Fitz about this tomorrow. I think K State sort of saved Avery for Texas in the game against Houston. I think there was a game script that played itself out that allowed K State to not need to show anything on what it might want to do with Avery. And you know, there's that that gamesmanship. I think has gotten K State in a little bit of trouble in years past, but. I mean, they were so clearly in control out of the gates of that Houston game, and Will Howard was playing so well. It felt to me like, why would we Why would we even show Texas anything on film here? And, you know, like, hey, very chill. Like, we don't need it this game. Let's save it for Texas. I, 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 that's the way that thing felt to me. I don't know if it's that simple, but I would suspect there is in the plan a heavy dose of Avery Johnson coming this weekend. Well, I just think Will Howard played such a great game a he week did. ago that, you know, against Houston, they didn't really need to show Avery Johnson. I think that that, I mean, there were a lot of different components to that. It might have very well been, hey, if we can save Avery Johnson and not put him out on the field and get him ready for Texas, that might have been a, a, a well, part not, of it. Well, not put him on film, right? Like, not, I, And I right. totally agree. But Will Howard's played great in the last couple of weeks, and they've still used Avery Johnson. They just didn't need to, I think, as much as it is as anything else. And that's why I like the two quarterback system anyway. It's all, it's been building for Avery to have this light him up game at Texas to me. In my head, I could be totally off, off base with that. But for a few weeks now, since the tech game, I'm like, man, they're going to, they're going to turn him loose against Texas. It just, like, it has felt that way to me for a little while. And that has nothing to do with Will Howard. Will Howard will still be a big part of the game plan. I just think that they've had some things ready. For Avery, I would I would suspect that we see at least one, if not several, deep shots from Avery this week against Texas on some plays to try and get somebody freed up and show off his his cannon. I think that's going to happen. I think there's just there are going to be things we see from Avery this weekend that we have not seen all year, and I think K State has held that in the holster and waited for this game against Texas for the chance to do it. You may very well be right, and I think that there is a likelihood that that happens. But make no mistake about it, the Wildcats win this game if Will Howard plays like he has the last couple of weeks. I mean, if Will Howard comes in and has the efficient game that he had a week ago against Houston, 
and you know doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, they can't um, turn and, the and ball over. We we saw him early this season turn the ball over. I think more than what we expected him to. But the last couple of weeks, he's really cleaned it up. And so, you know, he is the guy that, you know, I would suspect, I mean, this is the way that's been, will be out there to start the game, right? And, you know, if he plays the way that he played against Houston, if he plays the way that he played against TCU, then the Wildcats win the game. If Will Howard struggles and they go to Avery Johnson in, you know, certain capacities, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. You've got to have an A game from Will Howard. Now, that doesn't take anything away from what you just said about what Avery Johnson can do and might do in this game on Saturday. But if the Wildcats want to win against Texas on the road, you got to have a great game from Will Howard. I agree, and that's what I mean. Like What I'm saying about Avery has nothing to do with Will Howard. right? I still think Will Howard will need to do what he's done. I just think when, when it comes to both of them, we're going to see new stuff from Avery. Will Howard will probably get more reps at quarterback in this game. I mean, almost certainly. That's, I think that's also going to happen. I just think we'll see stuff from Avery we haven't seen before because I do think they've been holding it back for Texas. Yeah. I, really I mean, do. look, I, I guess my point is that, you know, Avery Johnson's stat line is going to be what it is, right? Like when they put him in there, how they utilize him, deep shots or designed runs or whatever that is. But if the stat line for Will Howard is, I don't know, 15 of 18 for 250 yards and three touchdowns and no picks, the Wildcats have a pretty good chance to win the game. If the stat line for Will Howard is what we saw like during the Oklahoma State game, for example, the Wildcats are not going to have as good of a chance to win. So I, I'm not sure that, I mean, there could be some crucial situations that Avery Johnson is in and help you know lead the team to victory. But I think first and foremost, you've got to make sure that Will Howard is doing what he needs to be doing, and that's going to be the biggest way that K-State wins. Yeah, it, it, it's going to take both of them. This is why I've liked this game. This game is why I have liked, uh, you know, the two-quarterback system for K-State, certainly. Um, I, I Look, I, I just – it's all lined up for this for K-State. It really has to me. Like, this is what it's all lined up to, to get to to showcase, to do everything for. Everything they've been doing is to try and go win this road in Austin, or win this game well, in Austin. Yeah, and look, by the way, this Wildcat defense has allowed three points in the last two weeks, right? You yeah. know, so you can't yeah. you can't count on that and expect that against no, a they top can't. team in the country, no. but they can still be e- extremely effective. And, they cannot turn the ball over, yeah. number one. And, and the conversation has been for the last couple of weeks – how the Wildcat defense is trending up and you give up three points against TCU, you shut out Houston. That sets you up pretty nicely for this big matchup this weekend. And Houston almost beat Texas, remember, too. Right. So that's not for nothing. So I, I'm with you. KU. I don't know. I I have the hardest time with KU because of I don't know how to I don't know how to predict Jason Bean. Jason Bean was he he threw for less than fifty percent and had two picks in that win over Oklahoma. I don't know how to to like I, I have the hardest time predicting KU with Jason Bean at quarterback. I have no idea, Tommy. Like nothing. If they had Jalen Daniels, I think this team would be good enough to win the Big Twelve. That I could you know if if Jalen Daniels is out there healthy, I think that's that that would be easier to predict than. Anything when Jason Bean's under center, I just don't know what to predict. What I do know is he didn't play well 
and they beat Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I don't. I've got. I got nothing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that there's another player that gives you such high highs and such low lows as Jason Bean does. I mean, he had an incredible run, uh, you know, in the game against Oklahoma, and then he threw some god awful passes that. You know, a couple of them were intercepted, and then at least there was one more that should have been. Uh, but then he has a fourth down conversion to Lawrence Arnold for 37 yards to extend the the game winning drive for the Jayhawks. I I just you know you say you can't and reached a top it. speed of almost 22 yeah. and a half miles per hour. You say you can't predict it. Nobody can predict it. I don't even think I, Jason Bean can predict it. Lance Leipold can't predict it. Like it is so uh, <laughs> like the duplicity of the way that he plays. Um, because he can be so good and there have been some plays that are just remarkable and incredible. And you're like, Oh my God. And then there are some plays where you're like, what are you doing? Uh, and so it makes it so hard to predict, but the bottom line is that they have great weapons around him. They've got a phenomenal running game in Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw. They've got some really talented receivers in Lawrence Arnold and Quentin Skinner and Luke Grimm. And then, of course, you add in Mason Fairchild as the tight end. They've got, they've got good players surrounding whoever the quarterback is that help pick up the slack for Jason Bean. And, and that's, I think, really where it comes down to. Did you see Lance Leipold this week and how quickly he was like, well, Jalen Daniels is the starter if he's healthy. Yeah. Like there was no, it's not like a, yep. there's not like some debate internally on like, no, if, J- if Jalen Daniels is healthy, right. he's the guy. Uh, which I thought was really interesting for the people that think there's some like sinister thing happening there that his coach even now is like, nope, uh, Jalen Daniels is the starter if he's healthy. And I, I he had to answer that because the report well, from sure Murphy before game time on Saturday said Jalen Daniels was available if needed. And my first thought was, um, OK, you're playing Oklahoma. He's probably needed, you know, and yeah. so. And he went out. He went out there for the coin toss. Didn't end up playing. Now the weather conditions were not good, and so you don't want to risk that. But I, I think, and I was one of these people too. Like KU fans are like, shoot, he's like dressed. He's looks like he's ready to go. Why isn't he playing? And so I think I understand why Leipold had to address that. Um, that you know, you you take him out there for the for the coin toss to kick off the game, and the report is he's available if needed, and then we don't see him. Is there something going on there? It, well, again. It's a back issue, right? So it's not like you, you don't you don't just play through that. And I and and sometimes like I've got a different sport. One of my brothers who is not a huge baseball fan is like, you know, having fun with this World Series, and he's like, "Ah, oh, Dolis Garcia, like, why didn't he just play through it?" I'm like, "Because he can't swing hard. Like, you don't want him to play through it. I'm sure he would try, but if he can't get a full swing, like, why would you even want him to be in there? He could hurt you. If Jalen Daniels' back is hurt and he can't do what he normally does, there's a very real chance, Tommy, that like he's not as good, right, as Jason Bean at if he's hurt like that. And so it's not about being tough all the time. You know, yes, you need to be tough and do all those things, but with a back injury, like that's going to yeah. limit his ability to run no, or and, throw and, the yeah. ball. Like you don't I'm not want questioning. That. No, I'm I not know questioning his time. What I'm saying is that I understood why Lance Leipold had to answer for that, like had to answer the question. You had him suited up. He was out for the coin toss. The report was he was available if needed. And then Jason Bean plays the entire game. And again, like I understand like why he had to answer those questions because the thought is if he's suited up and he's out there, like can't you put him in, you know, and maybe you can't, 
but I understand why the question was asked. Yeah. I, I, well, for sure. I mean, it's an, it's an important question. Yes. So what if he's – I don't think this is some situation where they've been saving him, by the way, either. For Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Any particular game. I think they just have to, like, how's your back? Do you think you can go? And remember, one of the most key things that happened for them this year is very early, Leipold said, this is something he's dealt with yeah. for a long time. It's not, so you've got to trust it to some degree. And there is nothing wrong. It's not a toughness thing. It's nothing. If he can't go, it's different when it's a back issue than if, right. you know, I, I don't even know, like, what would be playing through a broken non-throwing hand or playing through a, you know, whatever. Like, there's a difference in that toughness. If your injury limits your ability to do what it is that you need to do, that's not a toughness thing. It's a self-discipline thing to say, I cannot make the plays that I need to make because my back is out or whatever it is. You and I were texting each other, I think, was it the Illinois game in the non-con? Or it might have been BYU. And and, and I'm at the game, and we're texting back and forth. You're watching it on TV, and you're like, Jalen Daniels doesn't look right, you know, and there wasn't any kind of discussion at that point about like no. what's actually happening with his back. It wasn't until the Texas game and like minutes before and he didn't play. I wonder, you know, now that the Jayhawks, you know, they beat Oklahoma, they get their sixth win. They're bull eligible now. And I know that they want it. They want to obviously play for a big 12 championship, but the first goal is accomplished. They're bull eligible for back-to-back seasons. Do you, save you mentioned they're not saving him right now but do you potentially save Jalen Daniels for I don't know the last couple of weeks of the year KUK State the weekend before Thanksgiving and the Sunflower Showdown and then see where roll the dice and see where things go if you're playing for a big 12 championship and then you've got a bowl game and maybe you have him available for that like I don't know if you want to try to put him out on the field in Ames this weekend in a night game against Iowa State I suspect that they just test it and say, how does it feel? I mean, I think that's probably what they do. I, I did, like, for, uh, when he played, uh, I, and I asked a lot of, you included, a lot of KU, I'm like, I don't think he looks right. Every time he would get up, it was like you could see this grimace. And if, I guess it's relatable. I've, I've thrown my back out a few times. And I, that grimace is just like where you just, like, you cannot really move the right way or it's going to, like, shoot that just insane pain. I think that it's a I think it's a more serious issue than people first realized. And my my alarm bells went off when he said it's something he's been dealing with. I'm like, oh, no, 
like he's been dealing with a back issue. Like that's that's you can't play through that. And so I think probably they just say, how is it, man? Like, or is it is it OK or is it not? And he probably and there, he deserve honestly, if he's honest in those answers, he deserves a lot of credit because yeah. I think he wants to play. But if he knows, like, I can't I can't do it. Look, look, look at Max Scherzer. Yeah. In, in when he came out of that game, Max Scherzer is as much of a like gamer and bulldog as there is. And he even that like you could just see it. Or he's I think there was a cutaway to the dugout, and he's like, and he was telling one of his teammates, he's like, "It's my back, I just can't." And he was mad and walked in. He's like, "I just can't do it. I cannot power through that. Whatever was on his finger or his shoulder hurt, like he was trying to battle through that. But like, if it's your back, like you cannot, you you just can't." And I get it. And I think that's what Jalen Daniels is dealing with. And I think right. it's important to hear Leipold say, "If he can go, he's our starter." Because I think that that's the case. He just he yeah. can't go. And look, I also think that there is a scenario. I don't know if it's likely or not, but I think there is a scenario where if he can't go and he can, can he can it, that continues for the remainder of the year, throw the red shirt on him. He hasn't played in enough games to yeah. be able to, you know, exhaust that. Throw the red shirt on him. I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, I don't know what his plans are after this season. What you know, any of that. You could. I mean, you could exercise the red shirt if it doesn't look like he's going to be able to go. But I don't think they have to yet because he's got Not a yet. year of eligibility. You don't have to worry about it yet. He's got a year of eligibility left anyway. So it, I don't think it really matters. Now, if they get to that point, they can just, I mean, why not, right? Like, why, what would? who cares? But yeah. I don't think it's like some pressing thing. It's sort of like Avery Johnson, like— does it really matter? Like, if Avery Johnson's as good as we think he might be, he's not going to be there four years anyway. Does it really matter for Jalen Daniels? He's going to be able to come back next year if he wants to anyway. And in his perfect world, he's not going to stay in college forever. If he has a great year next year, he'll be gone after next year. Right. So I don't, and I don't I think, you think mean, it matters. He, he was the preseason Big 12 offensive player of the year, you know, and, and there was the, I think, the opportunity this season for NFL teams to get a good amount of tape on him. <laughs> you know, you all of know, that. I, it's not, that's not the case anymore. You want to know why Lance Leipold's rumored for every job and continues to answer that question? Because his Big 12 Player of the Year preseason quarterback hasn't even really played right. this year, and they're and in they're this position. And, and, oh, by the way, they end up in the college football playoff rankings in number 21 for the first time ever yesterday. First time ever. Did K-State get only, in? They did, yeah. They're, okay. Yeah, I think it actually goes, like, Kansas 21, Oklahoma State 22, Kansas State 23, I think is the okay. way it works. Uh, by the way, there are only five power five teams in the country that have never been in those rankings there were six kansas was the sixth they made it Crazy. in yesterday that's wild 869-1240 is the number to call we'll talk chiefs germany next All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing. Tommy, did you see any of Clark Hunt's comments yesterday? I tried to send you the transcript, and it was in a weird file, so I didn't get that to you. But he talked a lot about a few different things, about Germany and the importance of that for the Chiefs, and then about Arrowhead, too. Um, how, how do you generally feel about the Germany trip? I'm okay with it. I get it. I understand what the priorities are 
for the NFL. They want to expand the brand worldwide. So I get it. It's like London. I mean, the first couple of times there was a London game, I was like, ah, this is kind of dumb. But now now I'm used to it. Um, so Europe isn't a big deal to me. Uh, Mexico City wasn't a big deal to me. I know that Roger Goodell eventually wants, I mean, he said it, he wants to have a game in Australia. That one's going to be, that's going to be interesting because of the way that, you know, that the time zones work with all of that. So, you know, I get that. I understand Germany. It doesn't really bother me. I, I think it makes a ton of sense. I kind of like it. Uh, I know it's inconvenient. I'm not the one that has to travel across the world to play. But the way now, if I understand it correctly, that the NFL sort of changing this is really interesting to me where teams can sort of like lock into certain markets. Like I think the Chiefs now have Germany, Switzerland, and like Austria or something. That is actually a really intriguing way to do this because I don't think it's feasible for the league to have teams permanently anywhere overseas. But boy, if you could attach team like Jacksonville, if Jacksonville becomes the London team, if another team becomes a Mexico City team, if the Chiefs become the Berlin team, it almost gives you like this arm, right, of a place. And then you just you're going to play there once a year, either as a road team, you know, technically speaking for your schedule, you probably alternate it. And one year you're technically it's a road game you lose and then it's a home game you lose. That does make sense to me. And I think it is a way for the NFL to expand it. Just give these great international cities basically you're giving them a team to latch on to so you're going to have a ton of chiefs fans in berlin i think that's a pretty smart idea and a pretty great way to do this yeah i don't have an issue with that i mean again like i think that the majority of nfl fans are used to games being in europe now i think the first couple of years there were there was some hand wringing about it um and just like man like we got to got to have our teams go overseas and then we've got to change our schedules up and what I think that's all kind of done now right like I think the NFL has done a good job of just kind of powering forward and saying this is what we're doing well get over it because it's happening yeah our priority is to go worldwide and that's what we're going to do if if the only way they can grow their brand is to go into different countries this is what they're going to have to do and and it's good for the game in about a billion different ways it creates fans there it creates potential players there too if you get football on the brain of these places maybe they start playing football and then you have a bigger international pool to pull from uh but anyway uh so they talk about arrowhead as well uh i thought the interesting thing there and this can be a topic for another day clark hunt publicly said there that his preference is to just renovate arrowhead that's a you know that's where they stand on this. The Royals are obviously going to have a big impact on that. I think they stand there because it's the least, like all they'd have to do at that point is extend the lease because they're sort of connected if it stays there. If the Royals go to Clay County, I cannot imagine the Chiefs will stay at Arrowhead. That's that just me looking at this, again, without the inner workings of the politics and everything up in that, you know, in that region. I, I would guess that if the Royals don't stay in the county, is that Jackson County? That the Chiefs yeah. won't either. I, I don't. I don't think that they will. I don't know if they will either, but I do think that they've got the chance. If the Royals leave and go to Clay County, then you've basically got that entire area to make your own, right? And I don't exactly know what that means. You know, I don't know. I mean, think about it this way. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying this is likely to happen. But if if Kauffman Stadium goes away, the Royals move, and the Chiefs then have the entire Truman Sports Complex area, 
couldn't you develop a lot of that? Like, couldn't you develop that into a destination area? Hotels and restaurants and shops and office not when, space no. and not when you play there eight times a year. No, it's well, yeah, but you, then it becomes a destination for other things, right? Like, but like not what? Ju- like, well, I mean, there are concerts there all the time. Taylor Swift has gone yeah. there, and there, you but know, there you've are got now anyway. Billy Joel, and I, I get it. But what I'm saying is, like, you turn it into a destination area. You don't have to worry about like you've got all that space now. You tear down Kaufman. I don't know. It's, just, it's something you could do. They could look at doing. I think there are studies and studies and studies that show that doesn't ever actually happen. With, I think it's more likely to happen with the Royals there 80 times a year. You know what I mean? We'll talk about this again maybe tomorrow. We'll come right back, wrap things up here on Sports Daily. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.